Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's another 0-3 game for the Minnesota Vikings. Well, last week they had to lose to get to 0-3. This time they go in 0-3 against an 0-3 Carolina Panthers team. It's going to be an interesting one, especially with the return of Adam Thielen. He doesn't really get to return to Minnesota, but he does get to play his former team, his childhood team. We all know the story. How does that matchup happen? Do we see Bryce Young or Andy Dalton? And a lot more, including when do we start talking about the tank? And how could that look? Because Quasi Dofomenza said he's not going to tank. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. Hosted by Tyler Bornis, the managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire. Writer for the College Football Network. Publisher of Substack Run in Shooter. Host of the good, the bad, and the hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Hello. Thank you very much for joining us here live tonight. And if you're watching or listening on demand, we thank you as well. My name is Tyler Fornis. With me as always, top right corner, producer Dave. Dave, what do you got? I am drinking one of my favorites, TX Straight Texas Bourbon Whiskey. There we go. There we go. Thank you very much for joining here tonight. We're going to have a really fun show here where we're going to talk a lot about the immediate future. We're also going to talk about the not-so-immediate future. And 
This is going to be an interesting topic because tanking is both simple and complex. It's as simple as, hey, we want the best traffic possible. But it's also complex in ways that you don't necessarily think of. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about this Carolina Panthers game. The Adam Thielen Bowl. And we're going to talk about a few odds and ends in between. But Dave, we have to start here. And don't forget, we just dropped it and debuted it last week. Memberships on the YouTube channel where you get extra perks and extra content. And if you're a $15 member, like Davey did on Monday, there will be opportunities for you to jump on the show at least once a month. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of good times. And it's going to be a great, great thing. I will say, we've got Justin in the chat saying that he doesn't want uh, the Vikings to face off against Andy Dalton because of what Dalton's done to us in the past. The last time the Vikings faced a rookie quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, he I think he was a rookie. It was Chris Wenke. Is Steve Smith's rookie year and the Vikings stunk. They gave the Panthers their only win that year. So let's, uh, I'd almost rather face Andy Dalton, but it, a rookie quarterback, Brian Flores can have some fun with him, but it's Bryce Young. There's a reason he went number one overall. Still don't think he should have, but that's a whole nother discussion. Let's start off, Dave. You know what? Where do you want to start off, Dave? Because there's a lot that we're going to talk about here tonight. Start off that I'm drinking my bourbon, baby. <laughs> no, the I'd like to start off with the injury report today. You had Kevin O'Connell come out and say mm-hmm. the Harrison brothers have a veteran's day off. Okay, I can take that. Harrison Phillips and Harrison Smith. And that he expected Davenport to play. But guess what? Davenport didn't do squat today. Mm-hmm. That frustrates me. Metellus and our corner, um, Murphy, they were uh, either didn't play or were limited. They expected that. Not an issue because they're both playing a little bit dinged up. And that uh, we have Bradbury's back. Not his back, but he's back. Um, he's back at practice and that they are doing they're in the process of choosing the five best offensive linemen. Now, I fully expect against this game against the Panthers that we will see a different offensive line set up. Have you got any inside information on who plays where? No, I don't, but I can tell you that uh, ESPN's Kevin Seifert pointed out on the All-22 video that the second last play of the game, it looked like Ingram tweaked his leg somehow. And that could be a myriad of different things. It looked like a soft tissue injury where he was grabbing like the back of his legs, probably a hamstring. So the hamstring injury, and then all of a sudden, hey, what the hell's going on here? Like, why, why is he injured? And you look at it, the next play, he is... Uh, it was the last play of the game for the Vikings. He's limping off the field. So yep. I wrote about him like, okay, is he injured? Uh, but he wasn't even on the injury report. Which, which makes means... I wonder if it was a cramp because players were hmm. experiencing cramps. Which, again, is another coaching emphasis that they need to hit up on that 
people have to stay hydrated, especially yep. going into hot weather. I mean, you, you don't think of it, of it that much in U.S. Bank Stadium, but going there down to Carolina this week, that's got to be a focus, I would think. Yeah, and I, I'm not super concerned about it per se because like when you when you think about it he if he's not even has a designation nobody's talking about it other than uh Kevin Seifert I think we're okay I really do think we're okay and Kevin O'Connell did come out and say Dalton Rizzer is going to get first team reps during practice but he's going to be rotated Sounds like he's not going to be rotated at center. That could change. But it sounds like he's going to be right guard and left guard. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people are very down on Ed Ingram. I don't blame you one bit for being down on Ingram. I don't think he's been that bad. And I think he's overall been pretty good. Now, the Vikings still have issues picking up stunts. Ingram still has to be a little more consistent with this technique because he's like a a knockout puncher in boxing where if you just go for the knockout, then you open yourself up to get just smacked right here on the jaw. So Ingram needs to kind of tighten up, but he's played well and his PFF grade reflected is it was in the eighties and he had a 91.1 run blocking grade. He was mauling guys in the run game. There is talent and ability with Ingram. You just have to keep continue working with him and tightening things up. I don't necessarily think Risner is going to be better. And he could be. And sometimes different just makes a difference. But you have continuity. These guys have played together a lot. So adding a different variable could bring chaos. Now, th- this is just we're all we're talking hypothetical. We're talking what it could be and why making the change can be bad, but making the change could be good because Risner could just be flat out better. We just don't know. So a lot of people are calling for Ed Ingram's head. I, I don't think he's been phenomenal, but I also don't think he's played bad enough to get benched. And I think with a guy like Risner, is he going to really be better for you? That I have serious reservations about. I think he could be, but he's probably going to be about the same. And at that point, why are you playing him over Ingram? If he's going to be about the same, you should be trying to continue to develop Ingram and work with him and try and fix some of those issues that he has and let him continue to work through it. Benching him is not going to help him fix any of those things. It That's not how this works, especially with offensive line play. So unless you know, Risner is going to be a for sure better option or and we'll, we're going to talk about trades here tonight and then the possibility of tanking and what that means. Is Ezra Cleveland along for this team? And is this a short-term play for now that you need a depth anyway, so you had to make a move? But then you end up trading Cleveland at the deadline to get assets back for him because you weren't going to sign him later. I, I don't really know, and it sounds like either they genuinely don't know how they're going to handle this, or they know, and they're just being very coy. Well, they, Coach said today that he, Coach Cooper, and Coach Phillips were going to make that decision at the end of the week. And I'm sure we won't find out till kickoff. Yeah. We'll find out. And I, I 
like I said, I genuinely don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see how they how they handle this. Um, because I want to show Gary something real quick. Give okay. me a second to get it. Gary, I'm not disagreeing with you. But today from Ben Baldwin came his matchup of PFF grades, SIS, and ESPN block win rate. And as you can see there, look where the Vikings rank. Mm -hmm. What that says to me is there is a severe lack of quality pass blocking in this league. Yeah, college is not giving you very good offensive linemen right now. They just aren't. Everybody wants to play skill position, and why wouldn't you? Skill positions get the fame, they get the fortune, unless you're a running back, and they and get some time make more money. Yeah, unless you're a left tackle. Like skill positions are flashy, and they get paid more. So, not a lot of guys want to be offensive linemen. Plus, the freaky. Guys, you don't get a lot of freaky offensive linemen because they become edge rushers. So, like, uh, what I found interesting about that graphic that you showed, Dave, is the SIS number for the Vikings was the one that was down because I pulled up a stat today where Kirk Cousins is pressured on 27.7% of his dropbacks. That's fifth least in the NFL. Only four guys are pressured less per SIS than Kirk Cousins. Now, how they how Ben extrapolates the SIS grades, I'm not entirely sure. So that that could be utilized uh, differently. Um, and it says ESPN's pass block win rate is only um, factored in as twenty percent of the data, which is good because I don't think pass block win rate, win rate is very good. Because if you win, you hold the guy for 2.5 seconds. That's it. Like, what happens if you need to hold him for three full seconds, which is relatively normal? It doesn't count that. And so I'm not the biggest fan of pass block win rate as a whole because it, it only accounts for so much of the play. And, but look, the Vikings have a solid offensive line and people just don't want to admit it. It feels worse. And let me tell you why I think it feels worse to people, Dave. We're throwing nearly 50 times a game. So mm-hmm. you're getting more total pressures. Percentage-wise, they're fine. Like They're allowing pressure on like 30% of dropbacks, which is a good number. Like PFF's going to have it charted a little differently. And now, one thing to know with pressures, if you have three guys getting pressure on one play, that counts as three pressures. Right. That does not that count as why but on PFF, I'm, you go over I, and look at, and this last case, you go over and look at the pressure numbers against Herbert. That gives you those single numbers. You don't look at the Vikings number. You looked at Herbert's number, how much he was pressured. Yeah. And that pressure number total is less than if you looked at the total Vikings pressure. Because the when they if you look at the Vikings defensive line, they may count twenty seven pressures, right? Or whatever it was, eighteen or whatever the number was. 
But then you go over to Herbert's, and instead of being 18, it says 14. He was actually pressured on 14 pass plays, but 18 times he was pressured by a defender. And mm-hmm. it may be two defenders getting pressures on the same play. That counts towards Herbert as one pressure. That's why you've always got to go look over on that other side for that that number on a particular game to see actually how much it was. Yep. Uh, when as you started talking, Dave, that's exactly what I was saying. Like it's it total pressures does not equal how many plays they were pressured, and that's why some of these numbers can be very different. Now, if Kirk Cousins is only pressured on, say, 15 of 50 snaps, that's 30%. But the total amount of pressures, I think uh, he was pressured, I think, like there were 20 pressures against Cousins per PFF. That means on multiple plays, you had multiple guys pressuring, which when you watch the All-22 adds up. Now, I finished the All-22, and I don't know if you noticed, Dave, I made a lot of people mad on social media. Let's let's talk about Kirk Cousins. He is currently leading the league in completions, mm-hmm. attempts, yards, and touchdowns. What he is not doing is playing great football. He's playing good football. He's playing inconsistent football. What does that mean? He is indecisive. There are too many times, and at, even like against the Eagles, where I thought he had a pretty good game. Too many times where. I, I still have my my can from the other night. He's he's double tapping. He's tapping the ball. He's hitching. So like he gets this. You take your drop back and you set your feet. That's a hitch. And then he's like resetting, and then he fires the football. Those things are all time wasters. It's being indecisive. The out route to Jordan Addison, which I highlighted, that Addison needs to work back to on social media on Twitter. The thing is, Addison needs to work back to that. But Cousins had that hitch in his step, and he was late. So because he was late, Addison needed to adjust and work back. But if he just throws it in rhythm, guess what? Completion, 15 yards first down. And Narsfius, I want to highlight your post right there. That's one of the best of the night, and it's 100% correct. No, it's not. Um, and I don't mean that as an insult to, to Narsfius. Kirk did a decent job at times sliding in the pocket. He wasn't great. And I thought his pocket management overall was okay. Like, I didn't think it was a plus. Nick Olson, who we both have a lot of respect for, thought his Mm -hmm. pocket management was really good. Like, that's what Kirk does in the pocket. He doesn't run. He maneuvers around. And some games are a lot better than others. There was one rep where I thought he should have hit Addison on deep post. He would have had to kind of flip his hips and throw it across his body a little bit. But he's made throws similar like like that in the past. One of them that digs touchdown uh, in Denver. It's not a one-to-one throw, but the same construct where you're moving, you're moving forward. You kind of have to flip your hips and you have to really torque your body and throw it downfield. That's what we're asking him to do. I'm not asking him to do more than he's already capable of. I'm asking him to play to his his ability. You need, if you're getting paid like a like Buku Bucks to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, you need to play to your ability. I'm not asking him to be God. I'm not asking him to be Mahomes. I'm asking him to be Kirk. And that's something that gets lost in translation. I'm not asking anything more than what he's already capable of. If I was asking him to be Michael Vick, 
that's egregious and somebody should whack me upside the head. I'm asking him to be Kirk Cousins. And we've seen how good Kirk Cousins can be at the quarterback position. We've seen him fit balls into tight windows. We've seen him throw deep with precision. We've seen him throw when he's getting mauled in the face by a defender. We've seen him throw on the run. We've seen him do all these things. I'm asking him to play up to the level of Kirk Cousins. And quite frankly, against the Chargers, he left a lot on the table. And it was very disappointing that he was indecisive. He was patting the ball, the hitches, and that kind of thing. Norsefias. Here's what I mean. I'll never forget this, and it's how I, I describe this a lot. Dan Marino was voted by NFL with their top 10 list as the seventh most mobile quarterback of all time. Why? Mobility is not always about scrambling. I agree. If he was, if he had the ability to be a scrambler or just move out of the pocket to be able to create a little bit, I want that in our next quarterback. Absolutely. He's just not that guy. But what he can do is slide away from the pressure or move forward in the pocket and be able to deliver the football. He did that a little bit this weekend, not nearly as much as we've seen in the past. And I'm about some to say, of that, there's plays where he does not, he slides the wrong way or he doesn't step up when there's room to step up. We've all seen it, that there's times when Kirk just makes the wrong decision. Has he made the right decision on times and moved the right way? Yes. But it's frustrating because, one, it's taken him to, what, his 12th or 13th season to do some of these. But it, it you get to the point, consistency. He's not consistently making the right choice. Is he making the right choice more often than not? All right, I'll buy off on that. He is on a pace to set his own record. He is doing great. JJ's on a pace, right, to set a record. But it's that inconsistency that drives fans absolutely insane when they see guys running wide open. And we had a lot of that in this game last week. Guys running wide open, and he's not making the moves to make it possible to throw to those individuals. And he may take the pressure at that point. That's what has fans just absolutely pulling their hair out. I've been pulling my hair out for a long time, and as you can see, there's not much left. Kirk doesn't add to that. Yeah, it's he can do it, but he doesn't do it enough. And his consistency with it, I think, is the biggest issue not his ability to do it. And I think, I think it there we agree, Dave it's that that's been his biggest thing. His whole career. You see these games, like he'll have three Kurt games where it's just like, Holy crap. That is a top quarterback in the national football league. And then he'll follow up one of those games. Like, like Kirk Tober, Kirk Tober every year where he's just ridiculous. Then he'll follow it up with your starting quarterback in the national football league. Are you serious? That's the dichotomy that we have with Kirk Cousins. And it's very frustrating. It's very annoying. And it sucks because it's it's awful. Like, I, I want more consistency, and no quarterback is perfect with consistency. Um, but when you're the quarterback, and we have all these other issues, as they're mentioning in the chat, and it's not all Kirk. Here's the thing. It's... 
he wants an extension. He wants to stay. He's not playing well enough to stay. And we'll, we'll kind of wrap that portion up of the show right now because I don't want to spend the whole time talking about Kirk, even though I can, but I would highly recommend you go listen to lockdown Vikings, Luke Braun, when you're done here, um, because he does a great job of uh, really elaborating on the things that I'm talking about, where the indecisiveness and the lack of being able to maneuver the pocket with consistency, they're prevalent everywhere. And I'm asking him to play up to the level that he has shown he can play at. Not even, I'm not asking him to do any more. If he's, if he can play like Kirk Cousins and not play like inconsistent, Vikings are a different team this year. And they're, they have issues. It's not all on Kirk. Nah, I was about to say, it's, we're not blaming Kirk for the 0 3 start this year. There's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into the 0 3 start. If I make a holding on to the freaking football, I'd give Kirk about 20% of the blame where you have, you have the five turnovers. That's part of it Two, five. We're a lot more than five. We're minus seven. I'm talking Kirk. Kirk. Sorry. Kirk has four of four of them. Three, uh, two fumbles and uh, no, it's three fumbles. It's five, three fumbles, two interceptions. Um, it's the opportunities that he has to make an impact on the game. And he doesn't. That's why I would give Kirk about 20% of the blame. It's being able to take advantage of opportunities. He's just not, um, we'll, we'll kind of continue on here because I could, I could talk about my frustrations with Kirk. And when you put him next to Justin Herbert, and what Herbert did on Sunday, that's why there's a discussion about, wanting to move on and get somebody else because what Herbert did was incredible. Some of those throws were just bonkers and you don't get that from Kirk. You get some tight window stuff. It's like, Whoa, there was even one against uh, the Eagles that I highlighted. That was really good. Like he has those kind of throws relatively like, I don't know. I'm not saying consistently, but he has them. And then we highlight him. It's like, hell yeah, Kirk. But you get a guy like Herbert, you get like three of those a game and they make a difference. One of those went for a touchdown. One of those like went for like 40 yards. One of them was a third and 17 where he had to whip his hips and throw across the body over the middle from the far sideline on third and 17 first down. Technically North. Even though he didn't, drop the ball running. Those are technically given to him, just like a bad handoff. Who, what? Norsphia says, so is it Kirk's fumbles? I said they're technically, they were strip sacks. Yeah, that's on Kirk. That's a Kirk fumble because it's just like if, if he fumbles the handoff between a running back, that's on the quarterback. That's how it gets charted. Yeah, it's with uh, I, I also think that depends, Dave. It depends on where in the exchange that those fumbles happen. I don't I, I don't think they're always quarterback. No, they're always quarterback, whether they are or not, whether the running back cost it or not. It's on the quarterback. That's how it gets charted. That's because the quarterback was the last person at possession. Mm-hmm. All right. We are at the halfway point of the show, everybody. One, thank you very much. We have 
uh, over 50 people here live, and we are very appreciative of all God, of you. It's awesome. We appreciate you. We love you. We if, wish we could drink more with if, you. If if you haven't already, please like and subscribe to the channel. Ring the bell, and ring the bell is going to become important because as the if the Vikings continue to stink, we're going to be doing a lot more draft content. And Dave and I have already talked about doing more shows on top of this one to have those conversations. And we're going to be doing separate shows, like little mini shows, like 15 minutes talking about a prospect. And those are going to be coming to you at weird times. You're still going to see us every Monday and Wednesday night, but they're going to come at at different times and they're going to give you a lot. We're going to give you a lot of fun stuff. So you're going to want to ring the bell and subscribe to the YouTube channel. I recommend you subscribe because we're going to give you some even better content. And there's also the ability if you want to donate to the show, but you don't want to be a subscriber because you don't want to have that monthly payment over and over again. You can do a super chat and just donate right here. And we've had a bunch of people do that. And we are incredibly honored and grateful for all that. And also, if you have a business and you want to sponsor the show, hit us up. We are open to that. And we are looking for great partners to be able to one, promote your product and two, help you get promotion from you to help grow the show. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's and about if take- you haven't already, you should have listened to Justin Day's Purple and Gold for Days midweek musing podcast that came out this morning. Let's talk about tanking. Now, the idea of tanking is simple and complex. And I mentioned it at the top. The idea of tanking in concept is this you want a high draft pick and you want higher assets to be able to rebuild your team so you the front office will intentionally try to lose games the complex part of it is twofold one players and coaches coaches do not tank they will always fight hard because in front offices you can do that because you're not the actual ones on the field but if you're on the field or you're contributing directly to the on the field play like play calling position coaches, et cetera. You're being judged on what's going on the field. So if I get fired from my job with the Detroit lions and I go to Chicago bears and I want the same job, they're like, well, your group sucked. Why should we hire you? I have to be able to tell them, well, Oh, I, I could say, Oh, we're tanking. That's not good enough. That's not going to get you another job because you still need to put in your hundred percent effort. Just ask Brian Flores about that. He is literally suing the NFL because of that. And it's also complex because Quasi Dolphomensa said, we will not tank. And the reason being is because you're always trying to win football games. The Wilfs want this to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, where you're always competitive. You may have a reset year, which is kind of what this is right now. A reset year where you you know you're not going to be X, Y, or Z, and you're not you're not going to win the Super Bowl, but you're taking the time to still try and win football games, win the division, make the playoffs, but you know that the best is yet to come because you have salary cap constraints and you're trying to rebuild the, the infrastructure of the roster. Now, here's the interesting part, and if you love baseball, you're going to understand this completely. With baseball, you don't have to tank but a lot of teams sell at the deadline, Dave, because if you are 20 games out from a, a playoff spot at the end of July, you have two months left. 
You really think it's 60 games you're going to make up 20? Probably not. That's nearly impossible. You'd have to win 20 more than the other team wins. That's a lot to make up in 60 games. You'd have to go like 50 and 10 and they go 30 and 30. Not likely. So what they'll do is they'll sell off assets. Now, most teams like the twins have been trying to win a world series and there's been, but let's be honest, it hasn't been successful, but they're making an effort year after year too. Yep. But they're making an effort year after year to be competitive and win the division, make the playoffs and make a run. So what you're doing, like 2021, 2022, they didn't make it. So what do you do? You sell assets, but you don't sell guys that you believe to be the core of your team. You don't sell guys who are under team control for three years. You sell guys who are going to be free agents. You sell maybe guys who are going to be there for the next year too, because you're going to get a better return. You sell guys to be rentals. And this is what I think the Vikings could do. I wrote an article for Vikings Wire on Monday talking about who the Vikings could potentially trade. And I left off Kirk Cousins and Daniel Hunter because um, I think it was you, Dave, that told me that they haven't. No, there's a Daniel Hunter no trade trade clauses. I haven't found any semblance of it. So if you actually find something tangible, please send it to me. Judd put in his article today. I found nothing. So I, I got looked it over the cap. I looked at, I, I searched it, found nothing. It so was if you part of his, it was announced part of his I, deal. Well, no, I know. If you find it tangibly on the internet, please send me the reference. Okay. Cause I have nothing. Um, those two ha- reportedly have no trade clause. We, we know hundred percent on Kirk. We believed in Neil. So those two are out, but who else? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There are some guys who aren't going to be here next year. And I highlighted him. Harrison Smith. He has two years left on his deal, but he's not going to be here next year. He's just not. They they had him take a pay cut. And this is kind of like the last hurrah for him. So they may be able to he trade him and get him tired. There's a very good chance of that too. Ezra Cleveland. Probably going to be priced out for Minnesota. He's probably going to be too expensive for the Vikings. And that's okay. Like that happens. He's, He's a, a top guard, 10 guard right now in the NFL. Wants, and he wants to play left tackle. tackle. He wants an opportunity to play that. So if there's an offensive line need for a team that's making a real playoff push. It's an option. DJ Wanham. He ain't coming back. He's an average guy and he needs to be in a four, three. He is not a stand up outside linebacker. He's just not. So 
Well, he's not putting pick. a hand on the linebacker either, or edge either. But anyways. He's a depth guy. He's a mm-hmm. depth guy. That's somebody that might be valuable to a team as like a, a fourth defensive lineman where you can just come out, play like 20, 30 snaps a game and make an impact that way. Plus, he's a quality special teams guy. Then you have a couple other players. KJ Osborne. Osborne's an interesting one. He's probably not coming back. He'll probably get $10 million on the market next year. I wouldn't give it to him. The Vikings shouldn't give it to him. I don't think they will. So get a get a pick for him. Elevate Addison. You believe in Naylor, who by that point should be off of injured reserve. You have some good players behind him. Brandon Powell is a talented player. You have guys who you believe in on the practice squad. Lucky Jackson, Tristan Jackson. Elevate him. Give him a shot. Like They're going to be wide receiver five. They're barely going to play anyways. But you're going to give him a shot to be on the main roster and do more. Last guy. This is the one I think is the most likely. That's inside linebacker Jordan Hicks. Because Jordan Hicks is an old school thumper. He's not a guy that you want in coverage. He's not a guy you want playing on third downs. He's been playing great. First and second down, Jordan Hicks is going to fill a gap and he's going to smack a running back in the hole. That's playoff football. And that's why I think Jordan Hicks, even though he's starting to wind down, 31 years old, he can be a valuable asset to a team trying to make a playoff run. And that's why I think those guys, now you could maybe make an argument if Daniel Hunter doesn't have that no trade clause. Well, if you want him, if you know you're not going to take him back, you might as well try and get some assets for him instead of a third round comp pick in 2025. But I think that they want to keep him. And I think that's the ultimate goal is to keep him and Marcus Davenport. And I think that's why they structured Davenport's contract the way they have. That's why Daniil has the void years that he has. And that's, that's why the structure is what it is. So I think Daniil, they want to keep. We'll see. But I think if the Vikings are two and five, which let's be honest, the next four games at Carolina, home Kansas City, at Green Bay, home San Francisco. I think those are the next four games. I may be off on one. Um, That's that looks like a stretch where you could easily go two and two. And if you're two and two, that's a two and five record. That could easily tell Quasey, hey, let's be a baseball team at the deadline and let's sell. But you don't sell Justin Jefferson. You don't sell Brian O'Neill. You don't sell Christian Derrissaw. You sell expiring contracts. And I think that is the middle ground for what people want to do in tank and what Kwesi Adolfo is willing to do and the competitive rebuild. Because he knows this season's a lost cause, but he's not giving up on the future by sending away players that w- probably won't even be here next year and getting an asset back for him. I need a drink. <laughs> you do that. Now, as for, I think it was Aaron said, the Bears are tanking. The Bears are not purposely tanking. I just did a podcast prior to this one. We recorded it for the NFC North. The Bears, honestly, aren't trying to tank. They, you know, polls and his rebuild stuff, they figured, you know, that's what they were going to do. That's what a couple of years ago when they hired him, same time we hired Quasi. Poles and Eberflus are now on the hot seat because of how poorly they are doing. And they obviously are because the game on Sunday, luckily we're playing at the same time between them and the Broncos is going to be interesting to watch. They're not purposely trying to tank. 
they're just doing it effectively or how you want to say it out of malice or however you want to put it. Yeah. There's a difference between trying to tank and just understanding where you're at and not outwardly trying to go make moves to win. Well, they're not trying to tank. It's just, or not trying to make moves to win. They're just, they suck. That's their problem. It's a matter yeah. of suckitude. Suckitude. Suffering suckitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I'm going to be very intrigued to see how Quasido Fomenta handles this because it'll be the first time he's he's had to deal with this kind of adversity. And it doesn't necessarily mean it'll be bad. doesn't necessarily mean it'll be good. What it does mean is there is a, an element of unknown. And for a lot, unknown is fear. Unknown is scary. But unknown doesn't have to be that way. Unknown could end up being the ticket to the Super Bowl. Unknown could be, hey, a free ice cream bar on the way out of the arena. It it could be a lot of different things. And I'm really intrigued to see what ends up happening here. I think if the Vikings are basically eliminated from the playoffs by the time the tread deadline comes... We're going to see a few moves. And that is the analytical approach. That is the, like, you could argue that's kind of what they would do in the stock market. Like, But will they be eliminated by the trade deadline? I well, think they no, no, probably no. won't. They won't be mathematically eliminated, but there's a, like, they'll be metaphorically eliminated. If you're two and five at the trade deadline, unless you go on a massive run, you're not making the playoffs. Like that, that's what I'm talking about. Like there's mathematical and there's, yeah, we're done. And that's, that's why I made the baseball reference with the, with their trade deadline. Cause that's how teams approach it. Yeah. We, we just know we're not going to make it. So we're going to get some young prospects in our minor league system. So we can maybe make a run a couple of years. That's, that's how teams approach it. And I think that's how Quasi Dofamenta will approach it here. But we should, we have 15 minutes left. We got to talk about the Carolina Panthers team. And <laughs> they're 0 and 3. Mm-hmm. Vikings are 0 and 3. Another 0 and bowl. Because last week, it was 0 and 2 versus 0 and 2. Now, we may end up facing Andy Dalton, their backup quarterback, because Bryce Young has an ankle injury. If you don't know Bryce Young, first overall pick, quarterback out of Alabama. It's like 5'10 and a half, 195 pounds, a little small. But what he is, is a very cerebral player. Understands how to maneuver out of the pocket. Understands how to find players downfield. And he's kind of like Fran Tarkington in a way. Tarkington ended up with a bunch of rushing yards. But his goal was always to move to throw, not move to run. And that's kind of what Bryce Young does. And when you look at at that, oh, hey, we have we have a visitor, Dave. Oh, have we got a puppy dog? We have an Odie. An Odie. <laughs> are you talking Odie? Yes, Odie's giving his spiel. <laughs> Odie, are you going to yep. tell us about Kirk Cousins? What do you think, bud? Yep, Odie is not enthused by Kirk Cousins, are you, buddy? 
Here, say hi to the people, Odie. Say hi. He said, I've been talking. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a big snorter. All right, we'll see mom. Hi, Eclair. L- little Eclair decided to follow mom up. We'll see if she comes over. Come here, buddy. <laughs> I, that, I found a story. And quote, Hunter has been targeted for many trade rumors this offseason, but Minnesota filed a contract, work for both parties, a one-year, $17 million guaranteed deal, and includes a no-trade clause making him eligible for a huge free agent year next Who year. Who wrote it? It's Fantasy Pros. Okay. What's their source? Uh, uh, they're saying Pelosero is their original source. Okay, because everything I've searched for, and I mean, we don't have to have this conversation here, but it hasn't been that he has a no trade clause. And to me, that's weird. That was just that- on my first search, mind you. I haven't, I usually, when I see something from somebody I don't know, I try to f- find out where it comes from. But that was just the Neil Hunter no trade clause that popped up. Whoa, is this on uh, on Twitter, I'm guessing? No, that's on uh, uh, Duck Duck Go search. I've never heard of that. Never heard of Duck Duck Go. Duck no. Duck Go is an alternative to Google. Oh, it doesn't have their algorithm mess with responses like Google can can do. Yeah, send me that link because I'm going to investigate because I haven't, I haven't seen it. I have seen literally nothing. But the Panthers themselves, obviously, Adam Thielen. Um, look, I'm going to be honest. Thielen's washed, but he's still playing okay producing. for the Panthers. Well, he's producing now. He didn't produce in the first game or so. But it's it's going to be interesting to see how he reacts and how how motivated he is because the Vikings kind of just dumped him and. That's honestly like the human element that sucks. Absolutely sucks. But from the football element, I get it completely because he's done. He's not the player he was and he would not take a pay cut. And so he decided to try and get money elsewhere. I don't know what the Vikings were offering as far as pay, but it's, it's tough. It's real tough. Um, because I, I think if, if there was a dollar amount that the Vikings were willing to pay to keep him, but he wanted to test it and he's getting three years, 25 million. That's not exactly a great contract, but he's also made a good amount of money. So he's happy with it. That's what really what matters. But this Panthers team is interesting. They're struggling I mean, they are 0-3, but they were close against... I'm actually going to pull up their stats because some of some of the stuff from them is interesting. Um, let's see. Panthers, they do have a negative 27-point differential, which is not good. No, They're 24th in points for 27th in points against... Um, they are averaging slightly under 
uh, 300 yards a game. They're allowing um, 329 yards a game. And they're actually allowing teams to gash them on the ground, Dave. They're allowing almost 140 yards on the ground, four and a half yards per attempt. And passing the ball there, they've actually been pretty good. Um, allowing less than 200 yards per game. But this might be a Viking ball game. I heard they have the worst guard in football as well. So hopefully we get some pressure. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, they they don't have a very good offensive line. They have um Equanu. Um he's he was obviously just uh selected. Um he's a top he's a sixth overall pick in twenty twenty two, but he still has not quite figured it out. Let's uh Let's let's do some on air research, Dave. Absolutely. <laughs> on air research. Okay. And it's I know this isn't good, but this should be a game the Vikings win. Period. Mm-hmm. And it's a must win game at this point in the season. You start out on three, you used up all your cushion for error. And you now have to win all the games you're expected to win. And hopefully steal a few that you aren't. We'll get into Kansas City the week after this one. If we win this one. Yeah. And Kansas City is one I think we can possibly steal. But I first, think so too. you got to beat the Panthers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Justin's saying, if they're two and five, then we need to fire sale. You missed that, Justin. You came in afterwards, but Tyler basically said that's at the point where you start seeing who's willing to trade for certain players. Mm-hmm. Harmsy, that's part of it. Some people were picking the Chargers to win. They, you know, Herbert is good, but yes, that's you need to be winning games that you've lost so far. It's it's a hundred percent true. I mean, we can say, hey, the four conference champions that we're going to play, yeah, you could chalk those up for losses because we don't think we're that good, especially with our defense. But you yeah. need to be taking the ones that, on paper, you should win. We were favored in the Chargers game. And the Chargers were chargering. But we said, hold our beer. We'll show you how it's done. And it's not, we're going to show you how it's done. It was all luck. The football gods, the luck god has just said, we gave you all that last year. Now we're going to do the opposite. Opposite. Absolute opposite. Instead of regression to the mean, we're going to take it all away because the ball's funny shaped and it bounces weird. Whether it be Hawkinson, the pass hitting him on the palm of his hand right here, and he dropping it, and that Hawkinson should have caught that ball. Whether it be Evans on that interception, grabbing the ball, bringing it down, and bouncing it off his helmet to a, a touchdown. All that's weird. Most of the fumbles, or a lot of the fumbles, have been weird. 
right? How they all bounce to the opposition. Whereas when the opposition fumbles, it all bounces back to them. And we haven't hopped on one yet. This is like, this is strange. It is abnormal when you look at the odds of things like that going on. And it's just, we need to get back to where we thought we would, which is the Vikings scoring lots of points on offense. I still haven't seen my 30-point game, and I want them to score 30 points a game. We still haven't seen that. And I want the defense to at least hold their own. And in a lot of ways, they are. They're doing more with what they have, and they don't have a lot. Mm-hmm. If Davenport didn't show up to practice today after the coach said in the press conference he's going to be at practice, he's getting lower and lower on my like list. And it's just like, come on, guys. And we don't have a lot. I think it was Phil Mackey was talking today. When was the last time we draft, drafted a defensive lineman in the top three rounds? Yeah. It was Daniil Hunter. That was it. No other. Cross the whole defensive line. No defensive tackles. No defense nose guards. No nothing. It's been neglected for at least 10 years. Well, and they expect to, you know, take that and go far. Well, I do believe Flores is trying to do his best at it. And we'll see how that goes. And hopefully they will improve. But it's there's a lot to overcome. And to overcome it, that offense needs to be humming. And that's where the, that's the strength of the team. They've got to hum. And they've got to get almost play mistake-free football. Because if you play mistake-free, you don't get the luck playing into it. Because luck will always go against you. You play mistake-free, then you execute and you score points. That's the way you win football games. Mm -hmm. I do want to mention while you still look, everybody that's joined us in chats tonight, we appreciate it. Brian, Davey, Tyler, more Maurice. I don't know how you pronounce that, Tyler, but Tyler appreciates another name. Uh, Mary, of course, the wonderful and gracious Miss Mary. My worthless opinion, Justin. I've already mentioned Patrick Harms, Harmsy. It's good to see you, my friend. Davy Chains. Let's see, who have I missed? Of course, the great and wonderful Norse Fias. Dan Henneman, Sodak. Kid, hey, Sodak, I looked at your artwork. You do pretty. Pretty damn good work. I like it. Um, and anybody else that I may have missed, I apologize, but we appreciate you being here with us. Yes, and, we absolutely. And Norris Fias, that was not necessary, but we thank you anyways from our hearts. We appreciate it. Now, your question. Not a popular thought, but could we get, what could we get for JJ? Caleb is the surest thing. I think he's ever seen just a thought. I'll be honest. I don't think Caleb's a sure thing. Caleb's going to need a coach to be really patient with him. Patrick Mahomes coming out. He needed somebody to help him develop as a traditional NFL quarterback while understanding and utilizing his special gifts. Caleb Williams special gifts are incredibly similar to Patrick Mahomes special gifts, the ability for the flair, the ability to scramble and create and make just absolutely bonkers throws that you could barely imagine in a video game. The problem is in the NFL winning in the pocket is King still. 
You need to be able to win from within the pocket. You need to be able to do all those different things. Williams doesn't have that. He doesn't win well from within the pocket consistently. He wins with the absolutely absurd. And having that ability is great. But you take a look at Zach Wilson and how he could make some of those absurd throws in stru- without like outside of structure and on the move and scrambling. Well, he can't do anything in the NFL. And that's where you have to understand that you still have to be able to win in the pocket. That's why I'm not super sold on he needs to be the guy. He needs to be the guy you sell out for. Outside of that, if you were to try and make that move, I think for Justin Jefferson, you could realistically get three first round picks because he's 24 years old. He's already the best receiver in football. And he's special. He's special in how he moves. He's special in how he runs routes, attacks the football in the air, out after the catch, route running, everything. He's special. Because of all those factors, I think you could get three. Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams were both in their late 20s when they got traded. They were not traded at their peak. They were at the very end of that, and they were starting to... They're, they're on the down side of their career. They're still great, great players, but they're not ascending. JJ is already the best receiver in football and the second best player in football, and he's still growing and getting better. You right, could get... Which is unusual that. for... Uh, wide receiver going into their third year. He's just, he's off the chart. If yeah. you bell graph wide receivers in their development, he's at the far end. Mm-hmm. He's it's, the one that blows the curve for everybody else. Yeah, it's bonkers. Um, he's incredible. And when you look at all those factors, I would not make the move. I would keep Justin Jefferson. Let me tell you, if you want to make the move and trade him to get a elite quarterback. I get it. I'm not doing it. I would rather have Drake may JJ McCarthy, Cam Ward. I'd rather have one of those guys and keep Jefferson and Addison and have that incredible infrastructure for him. Bookend tackles two great or one great receiver, one potentially great receiver and an offensive minded coach who's going to work to develop that to me is worth more than just one singular player. And I'd rather keep Jefferson and have maybe the second best quarterback in the class or third, because I love this quarterback class than selling everything to go get uh, Caleb Williams. Who knows? Like the chargers been 98 sold everything to get one of Ryan Leaf or Peyton Manning. There was a lot of belief that Ryan Leaf would be the better player because he was more talented, but people did not factor in enough when it came to Peyton Manning's ability in the mental part of the game. His big brain. Yes. Oh, Peyton Manning is one of the smartest players to ever play football. And that wasn't factored in enough with some of the decision-making. Now the Colts made the right call, but leaf flamed out and he was blatantly more talented. Talent doesn't always mean everything. You have to have the whole package. So, I, I would be careful selling the farm for him, but that's just me. And there's yeah. been a bunch of top 10 quarterbacks that have absolutely done garbage in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not a sure thing at all. Yeah. All right. Well, Dave, that's our show. 
We will be back with your show on Saturday. Two old bloggers will be here at the two minute warning on Sunday. And we'll be back for the real Forno show next Monday night. Mm-hmm. Should be a great one. Um, we'll see what the Vikings decide that they're going to do. It could be a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But in all honesty, we're going to have a lot to talk about. And if they lose, we're going to talk more about the future of this team. We're going to talk about the NFL draft. They win. We're going to talk about how they can turn this into a playoff push. And who knows? We may end up talking about both no matter what. In the meantime, make sure you like, subscribe, ring the bell, all the fun things. Help us out. Subscribe. Not only subscribe to the channel, but join one of our paid tiers as well. Help keep supporting us and you will get some extra stuff in return. Just ask Davey Chains. He's already been on the show. Thank you very much. The inaugural member on the show. In the meantime, thank you. God bless. And Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Like. Subscribe. And ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! This has been a Vikings First and Skull production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.